0: Please note that the Dark Tavern covers subjects and content that may be offensive or disturbing. Listen to discretion and parental guidance is highly recommended.
1: <laughs> Welcome to the Dark Tavern. Pull up a stool, grab your drink, and listen to me, Ted, and my co-host, Lizzie, as we regale you with tales of intrigue, murder, mystery, fear, macabre, and the supernatural. Shaken up with a sprinkling of the random, interesting, humorous, and garnished with a little weird, wacky, wonderful.
0: the dark tavern i'm lizzie and i'm ted and today's lineup is quite a different one Uh, the short fact is one that i picked it's the origin of the phrase wild man of borneo who are the wild men of borneo and where did the phrase come from i know i use it all the time Mm -hmm. yeah i just never knew where it
1: came from and why people say it so we get into that and we find out and the main topic chosen by me is the history and progenitor of Resident Evil which is going to be a multi-parter covering Sweet Home which is the progenitor, the first one then we're going to do Resident Evil 0 and Resident Evil 1 this time around and if you guys want to hear more let us know and we'll do more. So that's for the gaming geeks? Yeah, pretty much. Although I did play Resident Evil 1 and I actually enjoyed it. Yeah, it's a good game. Mm. And then we have a quiz, bean dish quiz, Mm. by me. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah guys, grab your drinks, settle down, and enjoy.
0: Okay, so I know I've used the phrase, I've actually said it to you a few times, you look like a wild wild man of Borneo. Yeah. Okay, now I wanted to know where did that phrase come from? Who were these wild men from Borneo and why did they look crazy? So I asked Ted to do some research and this is what we came up with. Um, But in order to find this out we need to go back to the days of the freak shows and Somebody that most people have heard of P.T. Barnum Phineas Taylor Barnum the greatest showman that ever lived I think so uh-huh. in any case and At the time he was riding high from his current shows and he was looking for a new addition to his show But we've jumped ahead first we need to go back and hear the story of the wild men. They were named Hiram W, yes, just W, and Barney Davis. Hiram was born in England, and Barney was born in Ohio 1827. But the 1850 census in which they're mentioned suggests that they're born slightly later in 1829 and 1831 respectively. They were born to David Harrison Davis and Catherine Blydenberg. In 1842 their father passed away and their mother remarried a gentleman named William Porter, but well, we can't seem to find much history about the marriage. Back to the brothers, by this time they stood a hundred centimeters tall and weighed about 20 kilos apiece, yet they could lift crazy heavy weights and also wrestle with audience members on stage. Subsequently, they were discovered by a travelling showman known as Dr. Warner. And then Hiram and Barney were given new names and a big backstory. They were named Wayno and Plutonor. That
1: yeah, sounds so cool. Yeah, I don't know, I'm thinking Wayno and Pluto. Well, just, it just sounds weird. Plutonor is probably because of Pluto, the god of war, I believe.
0: Uh, okay. Wayno, Waino, and Pluto. <laughs> anyway, Waino and Plutonor. The big backstory was that they were said to be from the island of Borneo, where they'd been subdued after a struggle with armed sailors. They initially had only modest success, so they didn't start out too well. Okay, the two went on to be exhibited at state fairs across the US. And by the time of the 1860 census they were living in somerville massachusetts in the household of showman henry harvey and at some point the brothers were transferred to a relative of dr warner hanford a warner in january 1877 they were performing at the new american museum in manhattan new york in june 1880 time of the federal census they were touring with william c coop circus and the brothers were enumerated under their assumed identities by 1882 Reno and Plutonol, as they were now known as they were acquired by P.T. barnum and his traveling exhibitions P.T. barnum's advertising skills which were legendary to the point he could have sold ice to an Eskimo, helped to propel the wild men into stardom. Their career took off and they began earning a ton of money. They made $200,000 which is the equivalent of $6 million today. The exhibitions consisted of acts of great strength, apparently they could lift up to 140 kilograms each, which
1: That's almost three of me. Yeah, and how much did they weigh? 20 kilos. So they could lift seven times their own body weight. That's insane. They are tiny. That's like strongman territory.
0: Yeah. (sighs) Finally, in 1903, the brothers were withdrawn from performing by the Warner family. Hiram passed away in Massachusetts on March 16th, 1905. And then after his brother's death, Barney stopped working and he died on May 31st, 1912, in Massachusetts at the Warner family home. The brothers are buried in Mount Vernon and may they rest in peace. I really did find that interesting. Um, Because as I said, I've used that phrase so many times and I find the origins of phrases very interesting. Actually, I've looked into a couple in uh, the past years yeah. And we'll probably be looking into a few more in future episodes, not sure. I think we do have one coming up, actually. Oh, fantastic. Oh, that's pretty cool. Um, but yeah, the story of the brothers, it was sad in a
1: way, but also quite cool. Well, they were able to make money in the only way they knew how.
0: Yeah, no, I do, I completely agree with that. It's just, you know, to... Live and work together, and be so close as brothers, and then at the end to lose your brother—that just I found that
1: quite sad. Yeah, it's a little bit sad, but you know. yeah.
0: But anyway, the brothers—they sounded pretty cool. Did it? Yeah.
1: Wayno and Plutonol—that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. So now, guys, we have a very interesting article about Resident Evil. It's spiritual prequel as it were and we're going to cover two of the main games in the series in chronological order if you want us to do more let us know and we will. So let's go so guys Resident Evil. It seems to be such a mainstay of the survival horror genre, but where did it come from? And where did it go? Where did it come from, Cotton (laughs) (laughs) Nigel. couldn't resist. I I had to set it up. (laughs) Well, the first thing is if you've ever owned a games console after 1995, I reckon you have played at least one Resident Evil title. The games have been on everything from the Game Boy Color to the iPhone and on the major home consoles from the ps1 to the xbox one and right through to the ps4 and pretty much have earned a well respected reputation on every console its progenitor which is lesser known has now began to gain traction in the mainstream so from sweet home to resident evil 7 follow us down a basement hole and make sure you bring along some green herbs. Let's begin with Sweet Home, as this is the earliest
0: and little-known spiritual prequel to the Resident Evil series. Based on a Japanese movie of the same name, it was produced for the Famicom in 1989. It tells the story of five filmmakers exploring an old mansion and searching for precious frescoes inside. As they explore the mansion, they come across a bunch of ghosts and various hostile enemies trying to survive on limited weapons and restorative items. The game also had a permadeath arcade-style structure, which means you'd have to start from the beginning if you died. Apparently this pissed Ted off too.
1: Yeah, a lot. (laughs) So, the coolest parts about Sweet Home are the actual team that worked on the game. The game was directed by Takuro Fujiwara. He previously directed Ghosts and Goblins, and worked on titles such as Commando in 1985, Bionic Command in 1987, The next one is one of the best games ever, Mega Man 2 in 1988 and Strider in 1989, but Sweet Home was one of his first console games, because he previously and predominantly worked on arcade games. Some of the team from the Sweet Home movie helped produce and supervise the project, Juzo Itami and Kiyoshi Kurosawa respectively. The team told Fujiwara not to worry too much about following the movie exactly was lucky in some respects as some of the items Fujiwara wanted to include in the game would have apparently not have matched the atmosphere of the film. The games plot however did diverge somewhat from the films which was a big change from video game adaptations of the time. Sweet Home was meant to be a comedy horror to begin with and then it took a dark turn but Resident Evil was a whole eight years later and that was just dark from the beginning. Fujiwara was rather relieved to be working on a new game for a better console, because then he could do things that he could not put into Sweet Home, mainly in the graphics department. He was also confident that horror games could become a genre in themselves. Little did he know that survival horror would move on to be a crazy amazing genre.
0: But as a counter to this, the guy who was directing and the Fujiwara was way less certain about horror game taking off. In GameSpot in 2016, Shinji Mikami would say Fujiwara said that he wanted us to make a horror game using systems from Sweet Home, which was a horror game for the Famicom he directed. I was actually a big fan of Sweet Home and he was someone I really respected, so I was excited about this project from the beginning, but I was a little worried about how well a horror game would sell. originally planned as the direct remake of Sweet Home, they decided to spin off the series and make Resident Evil or Biohazard as it was named in Japan, which must have become a little confusing as we'll soon see. But back to the plot of Resident Evil 1. The mansion you play in is rather closely modeled on the mansion from Sweet Home and it would seem the item management was also closely modeled on that of Sweet Home that the twists and turns in Resident Evil are
1: what are important. From that first dog jumping into the window and scaring you half to death, which is why I'm glad they changed the POV from first person to third person, although that first dog jumping through the window is in fact in first person, huh. and it's frightening, <laughs> um, to the epic fight scenes and the apparent worst line in video game history. Seriously guys, just look up Jill Sandwich on YouTube. (laughs) That sounds so wrong. Yeah, the the line is so badly delivered. Uh, But it's hilarious. So, although the Sweet Home movie is yet to be released on DVD, you can admit that it had a huge impact on the survival horror genre, and we shall have a quick peek at those too. However, we will only look at the main thread, and not the offshoots as we don't have forever and we already have to split this episode up into multiple parts. So funnily enough this is one game that I have not played yet but it's on my to-get list. It runs before but also consequently to the first game. I'm talking about the prequel Slash released after the first game which was Resident Evil Zero. Um, That's quite confusing. It gets even... So
0: how does it go? It goes Sweet Home, then Resident Evil Zero. Yes, but Resident then Evil e- Zero. Rez- but Resident Evil Zero wasn't made? Before Resident Evil 1. One. Okay. Yeah. It was made after Resident Evil 1, but it was supposed <laughs> to be played before it. Yes. Okay, that makes sense. Kind of like when
1: Star Wars was released, apparently.
0: Of oh, course, yeah. You, you know. I know, people, why can't they just do things in, in, in sequence? I have it's
1: mainly to do with drama and yeah. No, okay. <laughs> but, so, Resident Evil Zero. This serves as a prequel, and its story covers both the crash of the initial Alpha Team, and the follow-up mission of Bravo Team. Oh, by the way guys, I should really mention there will be spoilers. Um, so, Bravo Team are sent to investigate the murders in a mansion, in the Arkley Mountains. With respect to the game, you take control of Rebecca Chambers, who discovers that the train they are on was attacked by mutant leeches, and she finds the train infested with zombies.
0: So she teams up with Billy Cohen and an escaped convict, and apparently a very inventive inventory system. And finally, they are taken to a secret facility Under the direction of one of Ted's favorite characters, Albert Wesker, and a scientist from Umbrella Call, William Birkin. The two main characters then go on to crash the train, which is on its way to the facility. This train smashes into a seemingly abandoned house. Jeez. This train? Turns out that. During the investigations, Billy and Rebecca discover that the house was in fact a training facility for the Umbrella Corporation Which they developed the progenitor virus The corporation decided would make a great biological weapon So Billy and Rebecca got separated and she runs into STARS Which is Special Tactics and Rescue Service Commander Captain Enrico Ooh who explained that she will be met at an abandoned house. Yeah, this is not creepy at all. This turned out to be a lie and she was consequently attacked by a tyrant creature, but she manages to gain the help of Billy Cohen and survives. They finally learn that he is the creator of the
1: Progenitor's virus last experiment, the Queen Leech. The Leech enters the progenitor creator's body, taking on his memories and also enabling him to shapeshift. The pair confront the Queen Leech, but they decide to run away, and in turn, by heading to the surface, they trigger the facility's emergency sequence, and being chased by the Queen, they finally make it to the surface, thusly exposing the Queen to sunlight, and she dies. So, Rebecca talks to Billy, and there's a little bit of chit chat back and forth apparently, and she agrees to keep his involvement a secret, and then she heads up off to the Resi Eve Mansion to help Alpha Team. So now we track back in time for game production, but forward for the game storyline, and my favourite game in the series, Resident Evil, taking place after and alongside the events of Resident Evil Zero. You know I'm completely lost. (laughs) Oh, it gets worse. This game stars Jill Valentine and Chris Redfield. It takes place in the famous mansion, based off of the Sweet Home Mansion. They are searching for Bravo Stars team who went missing on a mission. The Alpha team crash and are set upon by a pack of mutated dogs so they flee and happen upon a supposedly abandoned mansion. Strangely the dead team members are found within
0: the locked walls of the mansion and also the place is stuffed to the eye walls of monsters, zombies and various scientific papers which allude to the mansion being a virus testing facility of some kind. But it all went terribly wrong. After battling your way through the mansion and finding the secret underground labs, and it turns out that the STARS team member Albert Wesker had helped the Umbrella Corporation, helping them to develop a way of weaponizing the pathogen that's mutating the life forms that are living around the mansion. They were luring the STARS team so that they could test and strengthen the creatures. Ugh. They were genetically modified to act as bioweapons. so effectively you're helping to strengthen these creatures. Wesker releases the Tyrant to wipe out the rest of the STARS team, but Wesker fails to control the Tyrant and it dies. Finally, the self-destruct mechanism is activated, so the stars retreat to the launch pad, but as they begin to take off, the tyrant reappears, and you blow it up with a rocket launcher. The and best
1: f- ever could see.
0: <laughs> and finally, everybody can breathe a sigh of relief, because surely Umbrella
1: wouldn't make the same mistake twice? Uh-huh. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> so guys, that was the first two games, chronologically, of Resident Evil.
0: That actually sounds like fun. I want to play Resident Evil now
1: again. Yeah, me too. Mm. So basically, let us know if you want us to carry this series on. And we will wrap up the rest of the timeline over time. My other game that I enjoyed was Silent Hill. Ah. That was so creepy. Maybe we could do Silent Hill too? Yeah, just not at night, please. (laughs) It really terrifies the crap out of me. Let us know what you think, guys, and we might do Silent Hill as well. So, after all that crazy survival horror, are you ready for a quiz, Liz? As you said, Ted. Okay guys, so welcome to the Quizzical! Yay! Yep, this one will be interesting. Okay, are you ready Lizzy? Yeah. Then let's begin. <laughs> <laughs> I will get the theme tune right at least once. <laughs> okay, question one. Since we've been on a video game trip, mm. here's a video game question for you. Gaming Christian TV. Which Nintendo franchise had an ice capade style show to promote itself? I can't even of
0: the case, no idea. Okay. Nintendo franchise. I
1: don't know. Okay. okay. Which Stephen King novel takes place in the fictional Overlook Hotel? Shining? Okay. Now this one should be fun. Number three. E.L. James wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, mm. but her first manuscript was a fan fiction of what? And for an extra bonus point, what was its name? I have heard this, but I don't know. No idea. Okay. Question 4. Anagram time. What famous movie resolves into Think Legion? Think Legion?
0: Um, Think Legion?
1: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Let me work this out. Two words? Yes. Okay. It's technically three. Okay. The something something. Link I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Are they just passing again? Yes. <laughs> okay number five mm. true or false okay. Netflix began as a DVD rental service okay okay should we go over the questions yes please which Nintendo franchise had an ice capade style show to promote itself Super Mario um I've never played Super Mario I oh, know but I thought like with it being so famous you'd actually get. Yeah I'm not a gaming geek. I played games on PlayStation like God of War and Silent Hill. So apparently the show was an absolute flop. I don't know if they were wearing giant puffy costumes of the characters. Icecapades? Yeah. Like I imagine it like Disney on Ice but with like Goombas, the little mushroom people Mm. and stuff. Sounds crazy. But yeah I didn't find any links to any shows, so if anyone can let me know, I'd like to see it. <laughs> um, okay, number two. Which okay. Stephen King novel takes place in the fictional Overlook Hotel? It's The Shining.
0: Ah, oh, yes, I got one right.
1: Woo! <laughs> okay, number three. E.L. Yes. E. James wrote Fifty Shades of Grey, but her first manuscript was a fanfiction of what? Uh, and for an extra point, what was its name? The actual fan-fiction was Twilight.
0: You know, that actually came to mind, I was going to say Twilight because she's just crappy as Twilight,
1: <laughs> sorry. And the extra point, the actual manuscript's name was Master of the Universe. That sounds like He-Man. Sorry. <laughs> He-Man, Master of the Universe.
0: What was it? Oh yeah. I am the power!
1: No, I have the power. Oh my word, yeah. I can't imagine what they would have been shouting in Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Oh <laughs> no, I
1: don't want to know, that just sounds so wrong. Okay, anagram time. What yeah. What famous movie resolves in the Think Legion?
0: The... Did I at least get that right? You did. Okay. The... No idea? The Lion King. Ah, oh, no man. <laughs> Think legion. <laughs> if I had a pen and a piece of paper, probably would have eventually worked it out after like an hour. I
1: reckon he would have got that pretty easily. No. Mm. Um so, number five, true or false, Netflix began as a DVD rental service. We only just listened to a podcast about this. Yeah, it today. that was
0: kind of cheating, so you can't really give that point. No, I'm me.
1: giving you that point because at the end of the day, we listen to a podcast, it just so happened to have mm. the information in. So, yeah, guys, uh, the current score now.
0: I don't know, I think I'm still leading. Yeah. Or we're, we either tie or I'm still leading. No, you've got four, and I think I've got two. No, you got more than that. I think we either tie
1: or I'm just leading. I'll definitely check that up when we um. have time. So, anyway, guys, that was that was so much fun. Yep. I want not play PlayStation now
0: again, but she's who's got time to play games with when you're looking after a little six-month-old.
1: Yeah, and sure. producing cool podcasts. Yes.
0: <laughs> so, anyway, guys. Um. As always, please our email address. It will be in the show notes. But right, so send us an email, suggestions, requests,
1: yeah, feedback,
0: constructive criticisms. Um, obviously, we want to make the show better, and we want to give you guys what you want to hear, as well as having absolute fun while we do it. So yeah, send us an email.
1: The Dark Tavern 13, the number. At gmail.com. Yep, and we will see you next time with hopefully a really good episode. Guys? Yeah. So, anyway, till next time. Last orders. Cheers. Cheers.